Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your host, Al, myself, Anthony. Today is Friday, October 12th. What's up, Al? What's going on, man? What's up, man? Feels like we haven't recorded in a minute. We skipped out last week because I was out of town. I was in Boston for a couple days, um, just vacationing and whatnot. Um, but we're back, man. We're back, and we're we're ready to talk magic basketball. What's up, Al? Yes, sir. Nothing much, man. Excited to, to do this. Like you said, it's, it's been a week and a half, and we were just talking off the air how it feels like it's been a month. <laughs> but I mean, uh, I think we're entitled to a break once in a while. Uh, but man, I hope you had a good time in Boston. I know you, we talked uh, the other night, but uh, I know it's a great city. A lot of history out there. You're a history buff, so I'm sure you had a good time out there. Yeah, I had a really good time. The only irony of it is while I was in Boston, we played against Boston, but we played in Orlando. So I watched the Boston Magic game in Boston while the Magic game was at home against Boston. So that, that's yeah, the only man. part that sucked. It would have been nice to be able to watch a, a Magic game away. Um, I haven't done that in a couple of years. The last one I did was um, back in D.C. And that, that was a dope experience. If you haven't seen the Mad, if you haven't gone to a Magic game away, like if, you, if you're from Orlando and you haven't seen them away, that's like a must-do. And I'm not talking about going to Miami to watch them or tampa when they were when they were doing that talking about like actually going to you know an away game watching the magic it's a really really dope experience because you're you're like the minority man like literally you're there's how how many people would you say like if you because you've you've gone to the celtics game in boston you're that you're from that area how many how many on average would you say like magic representation away at a game like that realistically mind you when i used to go up there dwight was playing for the magic right so like they were the cool team to follow not quite like the warriors but they were at that level where they were fun to watch because of dwight so you would see a few magic magic fans on the stands but i gotta tell you when they made it to the eastern conference finals the year that vince was with the magic we went to those games and i gotta tell you we were the only ones my wife and i in blue in the entire arena um, we did go to Bro- uh, well the nets were in new jersey at the time we went to new jersey we went to msg one year and I got to tell you, maybe if I could tell you that I saw 20 people wearing magic gear, it was a lot. And that was, again, back in those days. So I bet you that's, if you go that's today. What, yeah, that's what makes it an experience. So, like, you're yeah. you're the only one. You're rooting for your team. And, and you know, yeah, we're we're fanatics. So we're we're cheering for the team. And, you know, you're you're like the only one. Like, there's nobody around you. It's just it's just you. And God forbid yeah. you win. Stand oh, up, especially out there in, in the northeast, whether it's New York or in Boston. If you cheer for the magic, and again, you start to you start to win and they start to lose, they go at it. I mean, they go at you pretty hard. Um, I mean, that year in the Eastern Conference Finals, one of the best experiences of my life, man. They had they were throwing peanuts at us, which was insane, but I never experienced that in my entire life. We were cheering for Dwight, and they were calling him all kinds of names, and he sucked at the free throw line, of course, those days. So they were just making fun of him. But again, I'm a fan of that. I don't mind going at it with other fans. It's exciting for me. It's fun. But every single Magic fan I would see, uh, the few that I saw, man, you feel like they're your brothers and sisters. You're like high-fiving them. You're like, man, like... I, oh, yeah, what, for sure. Like, it's such a weird experience. Um, but it's funny you mentioned that because my wife and I are on vacation next week. And I'm like, man, like, they play in New York. They play in Brooklyn, Atlanta. I'm like, that's a perfect little road trip. Just go up north and you follow the do team. It, bro. Gotta so we're it. thinking about it. But uh, if you guys haven't done that, you guys that are listening or watching on YouTube, it's a fun experience. Do it at least once or twice. It's really, really fun, especially in Boston. You were not able to go, but the crowd, man, they're insane. It's super loud. It's a really fun arena to go to. 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. If you haven't done it, definitely make some time to do it because it is definitely an experience and, and a good time. Mm-hmm. So, man, in, in today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about Wendell Carter's injury and how that's going to impact the team. And also talk about Cole Anthony and, and his uh, continuing, him continuing to, to play really great basketball. And then kind of seeing how, you know, how we would view Cole Anthony now. Um, if we were to redraft the 2020 NBA draft, but before we do that, um, in one of the games, and Al, you're your season ticket holder, so you know you watch every game, every home game live. Um, I have the luxury of being able to watch it at home and, and hear all the commentary. But in one of the commentaries between David and and um, Jeff, they were talking about the expansion draft for a moment, and I I, I got to thinking, if the if the NBA decided to create a new NBA franchise and wherever they decided, Seattle, Vegas, Mexico, wherever, if they decided to create a new NBA draft and you were, or a new NBA team and there was an expansion, an expansion draft and you were only able to save eight, only guaranteed untouchables eight on the Orlando magic roster right now, who would your eight be? Eight players from the Magic. Um, so I prepare for this question, and I'm like, all right, let me let me see, let me let me think of now. Like, well, how many names can I list that I are untouchable to me? And funny enough, I'm at nine, and I, I I'm Can't having a really hard time. Got to be eight. I'm I'm having a hard time deciding who do I cut. So I got Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, Suggs, R.J. Hampton, Jonathan Isaac, Chuma, Franz. Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter. So I'm at nine right now. So if I have to cut one from that list, my goodness. Uh, man, who's I'm on man time. out? Who's on man out? Be so obviously Sheesh. we have we have the same list. That's pretty much our our core, right? But that that puts us you put us at that nine. So in my mind, the way that I view it, you're really choosing between, in my opinion between RJ Hampton and Mo Bamba. It's between those Pretty two. Much. The reason why is it's those two is because when you compare uh the what we've seen so far as well as Mo Bamba has been playing, he's still the one that we're still trying to you know see what we've expected. And we haven't mm-hmm. seen it yet. We've seen glimpses, but we haven't really seen what he's capable and what he's capable of. The reason why you're also looking at RJ Hampton it's because of the loaded guards that we have. Mark Hill, uh, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs. He's kind of the odd man out. But between the two, I would save. This is just me and my opinion, and I'm pretty sure people won't agree with me. And it's kind of the irony of it is this was a guy that I wanted to initially draft. The guy that I would not select and not save would probably be R.J. Hampton. And I'm, really? I'm sure people are hearing this and they're like, whoa, what do you mean? You're not going to Mo Bamba? Really? The reason why I say that is because Wendell Carter, Mo Bamba, you're still trying to figure out who you have. We we can't sit here and say that Wendell Carter Jr. is going to be the ab- your absolute center of the future. Hell, you can't even say that about Mo Bamba. You probably can't even say that about both. Who knows what ends up happening You know, in, in this year's uh, NBA draft? Right? Who knows what ends up happening? Who knows? But the fact that I'm already looking at the roster now and I see how well Cole Anthony is playing, and you still have so much like riding on Jalen Suggs, no matter how you feel about how he's been playing this year, he's a rookie, things are going to happen. I have more than all the faith in the world that he's going to end up being what we expect him to be. But you have RJ, uh, excuse me, you have Jalen, you have Cole Anthony, you have Markel, and it's just loaded, man. It's super, super loaded. And I, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I really don't know. But I think Man. that I would put my chips on Mobamba over RJ. That's just me personally. Just because really? I, that- I feel like we we just we, you need a big body, you need a, a center, like you need you need that. And I feel like Listen, we're still trying to figure that out between Window and Mobamba. But that's just that, me. People won't that listen, me, I understand people won't agree with me, but that's what I would do. To me, RJ's odd man out. I mean, I don't know if people won't agree, to be honest with you, because it's it's tough. Like, I'm looking at the list, and I, I'm, I'm struggling myself who I would cut. But the, 
But you telling me you would cut RJ in that list, that's really shocking to me because I know how big of a fan you've been from the draft. Um, even through the episodes in the summer, like you keep saying, you know, this kid is going to blow up in Orlando. And we 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 can see the potential. But then again, yeah, like you mentioned Mo Bamba too. Um, but I'll surprise you with mine though, I think a little bit. Um, so I, I've narrowed it down to two names. And for me, weirdly enough, it was Mo Bamba also. But the other names don't surprise you. It was Chuma Kiki. I thought about Chuma also. And nothing against him. Chuma has tremendous potential. But I will tell you what. I don't know. After the injury, he just came back. I've seen him really, really passive. I've seen him kind of... What is he averaging these days? He's not really doing well. Uh, I mean, he just just came back. He's He's still trying to get it. He's still trying to get the wind underneath him, too. But based on what I've seen, if it came down to RJ, let's say in your in your case and mine's with Chuma, so far RJ has shown me more. In the little bit of time that they played this season, and even towards the end of last season, Chuma kind of had a little hot streak, but then he went cold, and then he got hurt, and now he's coming back and he's kind of slowed slowed off the gates. Um, I would go with Chuma just simply because we also have a lot of forwards that have stepped up and are playing really well. So France is one of them, but Ji comes back and he's 100% healthy. Let's say then how do you include Chuma in the rotation? Now he's off the bench. So, but I, I mean, I don't, I don't see there being an issue with Chuma coming off the bench. I, if anything, I, that's, that's, that's amazing. Jonathan Isaac comes back. You put him at, you put him at the, the four and that's, and that's fine. I think, cause if you take a look at our, our roster right now, I feel like our, our starting five, and we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, how well our starting five has been, um, and when you compare it to the rest of the league, but I feel like it's too it's too loaded. Like it's we we have we really have our our five best players just in the starting lineup, and we just you know forget about positions. That's that's really what it is. True. Um, and when you think about Jonathan Isaac and Mark Hill comes back, now you're taking a look at a major major upgrade to that second unit. Like me, like I'm looking forward. So what the second unit is going to look like the minute that we get, you know, a full healthy roster. Um, but I think that how it should be is as much as I like Wendell Carter and and Mo playing in the game together, when Jonathan Isaac comes back, that's all out the window. You know, oh, yeah. not, not in the starting lineup anyways. Maybe during the game, but you know, you you got J.I. back. So now you're going to see a more balanced uh, you know, center presence. Now you're going to see a more balanced point guard presence. Because there's times where it's kind of like Cole and Suggs aren't in the game. Like, what are we doing? Right. Yep. But then Mark Hale gets back and now you're going to have like a floor general on the court a hundred percent of the time. Always. It's gonna Maybe be there's going to be moments where Mark Hale and Cole are in the game and there's Jalen Suggs and you're still hoping that he becomes that. And I know that people have concerns with his ball handling at the moment. Their concerns with, you know, what he's able to do. People are even saying that he's not really a point guard. He should be more of that two guard. You know, that's that's for a later discussion. But I think that, you know, once you get Mark Hale and J.I. back, you know, it's it's going to start balancing things out. So that's 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 my point. That's the reason why I would I would probably have RJ as the odd man now. But I absolutely love RJ, and I'm not saying that we need to cut him or trade him. I'm not saying any of that. But if you were to tie my hands and tell me, you know, if there's an expansion draft, you can only save eight, those would be my... Yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't think I would I would argue with you with you on that, but uh, I don't know, man. I feel like if you give me the two guys and they were in the draft today, RJ or Chuma, I don't know. I may go with RJ slightly over Chuma, but then again, again, that's why I had such a hard time choosing only eight. Um, so you cannot really give me a, an answer that I'm like, oh yeah, 100% agree with you. It's it's hard. Yeah, and whoever whoever we end up like leaving out. Hypothetically, of course, this is all hypothetical, but that's like that's like a boost for that player. You know how it is. Every every time oh, yeah. you you know skip out on a player, they end up being all stars and they become all stars somewhere basketball. else. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Just jumping into this weekend review. So um, we had a total of what five games since we last had a podcast. So we had a win against Minnesota, lost against Boston, lost against San Antonio, win against Utah, major win against Utah. That was a fun game, and then lost against Brooklyn. So we are a total of 12 games in and the team is currently three and nine out. What exactly when you kind of reflect on these past games or even from the season, the start of the season, what has stood out to you? Like, what is one thing that you can kind of, you know, stamp your finger on and say, man, this is, this is the biggest thing that I can see from this team. 
I think you got to be really happy with, of course, Cole Anthony. That's the number one thing that jumps at you when you say, man, like, I did not expect that. I think Cole Anthony played really well last season, especially towards the end of the season. But you can't tell me we expect him to average almost 20 points a night while shooting almost 40% from three-point range. It's surreal. Averaging almost seven rebounds, five assists. Kid is killing it right now. And not only that, but also the positive media attention that we're getting because of him. Uh, whether it's ESPN or Breacher Report or whatever media outlet out there, Cole Anthony's getting a ton of love in the media, and Orlando needs that. Um, so, of course, that's my number one thing. The other thing, believe it or not, for me is the defense. Like, I know we're not doing amazing on defensive end. We allowed 123 to Brooklyn, 115 to Minnesota, but we're also holding a lot of good teams to 90 points, 100 points, low 100s. Um, and there's a lot of improvements needed in that area. But I think the team has done pretty well. Um, they're still new. They're still getting used to the the system that Coach mostly is trying to implement. Like I said earlier, Okiki's just getting into the rotation, and he's a good defender. GI's still out. MCW's still out. Markel's still out. So even with those great defenders not playing, we still have a pretty solid defense that's only going to get better as the year progresses. So if you ask me, those are two things. And a third one would be France. I mean, I can't even say enough things about this kid anymore. We were sitting last night watching at the uh, the Nets game. And this kid was going at it with KD like he's a vet. He's not afraid of the kid, of KD. He's stealing the ball from him. It's amazing what he's done. I know his numbers have kind of slowed down a little bit more since last time we recorded. But, I mean, this kid has been way more than I expected him to be this season. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed that KD didn't give um, some shots to in fact. Like, he he gave shout-outs to Scotty Barnes, said, oh, man, how, how old is he, 17, 18 years old? Sheesh. Right, we didn't get any of that with Franz. And Franz, what, what? Didn't he get like two steals off of him, or stealing a deflection, something like that? Well, it's kind of not that we need that stamp of approval, but it would have been nice. Would have been nice to hear. But I agree with you, Al. I think that Cole Anthony playing at the level that he is playing is left field. No one expected it, right? Because even when people discuss in the off season about Cole Anthony last season, people say that you know. It was all right, right? People said it was it was a solid performance. And now then we kind of fast forward to um to the summer league, and you remember the conversations that people were having and, and the topics that people were were discussing. They were saying that Coy Anthony ain't what he used to be. We knew that this was going to be the Coy Anthony that we this is the real Coy Anthony. Imagine summer league, people are saying this. And this dude comes in and he is he is exactly the type of person he has. He has the persona. He has that athleticism. He has all the mix that you need to have someone be a face of a franchise. Like from his interviews that he has to the fact that he is what six foot two, six foot three, and he's able to do what he's doing on the court. Like this man in the Utah game, 32, 32 minutes he played, dropped 33 points. This dude had 10 points fourth quarter, really led the team. Him and him and RJ led the team to kind of steal that win against Utah that, again, nobody's expecting. This man had two major highlights. And the thing that drives me crazy about this, that got me really hyped, is the fact that, you know, this dude not only dunked it with the right hand, this dude dunked it with the left hand. Like, you know how hard it is to 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 slam it with your left hand like granted i'm not i'm not saying that in my basketball days i'm over here jumping out of the gym but you know i've, I've had my moments no <laughs> way in hell there's no way in hell that i'm dunking with with my left hand that's not it's not comfortable i can barely drive with my left hand can you brush your teeth with your left hand probably not <laughs> probably not i mean it might be a little awkward this dude dunked it in a game with the game on the line with his left hand it's just man the the confidence it it, it shines through and his post interviews are amazing. It's likable is what allows for those moments to go viral. I even after that game, I believe Cole Anthony was number 13 on the training list on Twitter. So Cole, Cole Anthony has not only the name, he has a swagger, he has a persona, and he has a game to back it up. And he's six foot two, six foot three. Some of the things that make Steph Curry so likable is that you know the kids sitting at home, they they they're a little more uh they can kind of see themselves more in that player you know they're more they're a little more relatable 
You know, maybe that kid can't see themselves being a LeBron James being, you know, as big and tall as he, as he is. And, and, you know, I, I think that there's just more of a connection with Cole Anthony. And I think that that's probably the biggest thing that surprised me. Yes. Franz Wagner, major surprise, but nobody was expecting this from Cole Anthony. And if you Not did, you're lying. Especially, like you said, summer league and preseason, he wasn't at his best. And people were, again, judging him and saying six men at best or, man, like he's not going to figure it out. He's too small. And, yeah, well, here that, he is. That's, that's the crazy thing. Everybody was saying, like, in everyone's mind, it was, all right, Jalen Suggs, he needs to be starting from day one, which I agree with. And when Markel gets healthy, it's going to be the Jalen and Markel show. And now the way that it looks, it's impossible. There's no way in hell that you're not even a thought that Cole Anthony is not going to be in that starting lineup. Right now, Cole Anthony is your best player. And I'm even thinking when J.I. and Markel comes back, you know, maybe not down the road, but initially when they come back, Cole Anthony is still going to be your best player. So it's, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of all rolls out. I mean, he's playing, right? That, that's the biggest thing. He's playing. He's on the court. He's showing us his potential and what he can do on the court. Unfortunately, at this particular moment, we cannot see Markel. We cannot see J.I. So based on that alone, he's going to get the, the benefit of the doubt, right? Like you, you got to outplay him to send him to the bench or to get his minutes. Um, so we'll see what happens. It's going to be exciting, man. But I mean, you got to be excited for what we're seeing from, from Cole Anthony. We've needed a guy like this for years. Just a guy that can just put on a show, drop 30 points, 25 points a night. We haven't had that in such a long time. And Butch was doing it. But it was boring, let's be honest. It was a set three-pointer. It was a hook shot. It was a, <laughs> a little layup. That's not fun to watch. This kid is taking, you know, crossing you over, step back, and hitting a three in your face. Then he comes right down and slams it on you. Like, it, I mean, last night, that dunk against KD that he almost made, I jumped out of my seat and I almost left the arena if he would have made that shot. Like, that dunk. It's just, that's the excitement he brings to the arena. And that arena, the arena was dead yesterday. It was raining in Orlando, and the fan base was just like it. Like, they wanted to take a nap. The whole game. Yeah. Once Cole yeah. almost threw that that one down, dude, like the arena just you could you could sense the excitement, even though it was a missed dunk. Yeah, it's he has he has an alpha trait, man. And I feel like that's something that we haven't had in a really, really long time, especially from the guard position. And he's he's fearless. Like even it it so in order in order to show up to those moments, you're gonna have to live with yourself of either making that play or not making it. And he is someone that without a question, without a thought, like, give me the ball. I'm, I'm going to do it. And again, that's something that we haven't had in a minute. And I think that in order for any team to be successful, they need to be able to have that guy. Oh, you yeah. take a look at the Golden State Warriors. You take a look at, you know, even if we're discussing Utah Jazz with, you know, Donovan Mitchell, Portland, uh, you know, all, the, all these good teams, you need to have that alpha. Brooklyn has it. You need to have that alpha. That's that's what you hope your number one pick in the draft, your second pick in the draft, your top five pick in the draft. You hope that they be, they can become that. And I think that we are very fortunate that Coin Anthony was able to fall down to us. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a little bit, but very fortunate that we were able to draft him and that he was available at the time that he was available. Now, what would you say is your biggest concern from what you've seen concern at the moment for me would be the vets without a doubt. Um, Gary Harris and Terrence Ross were just two guys that were kind of handpicked and said, you know what? We're not going to trade them. We're going to keep them. We need vets. We need guys to, to help these young guys figure it out. Um, you can add to that Robin Lopez and, all, and um, each one more as well. MCW. But the two ones that were supposed to contribute right away and play on the court and show their leadership were Gary Harris and Terrence Ross. And I know we've talked about this in the past. I know on social media it's a, it's a hot topic right now. But, I mean, you got Terrence Ross scoring 9.6 points a game, shooting 27% for three-point range at this moment. Gary Harris, 5.4 points per game, shooting 38%, 15% for three-point range. Simply said, it's unexpected. Like you, you can't. You can't even explain it. These are guys that are getting a chance. They're getting a lot of minutes. They're not contributing. They're not making it easier for the young guys at this moment. Um, so that to me is a big concern because if they don't want to be here, it is what it is. Let, let's make something happen. 
if it's they don't like their roles, well, let's figure that out. But something's got to change. Because if you're telling me that, like you said earlier, our starters are doing a great job, the young guys are doing a great job, but the vets are not helping them out, something's got to change. So that to me is my biggest concern at, the, at this moment. Yeah, I mean, is there really anything else that stands out outside of that? I mean, we we kind of expect that, you know, Coach Moles is going to have, you know, moments where he shines and moments that you're kind of asking yourself, like, man, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? Um, I think that, you know, if we're going to give credit for a moment to Coach Moles, I think that he's done a really good job at at least making adjustments. You know, kind of started off playing a 10, 11-man rotation and really brought that down that I thought was, you know, a, a really good observation and the fact that he was able to make that adjustment. But, yeah, man, you you really – you're really looking for your vets to be able to support. And I know that it's not in a deal situation. Uh, Terrence Ross is a remaining player from the Pentagon era. Um, he's being used differently than, you know, how Clifford used them. The plays aren't being run for him the same way that they were. Who knows what type of conversations were had um, in regards to how his role would be this time around. Maybe they don't want him to go out there and, and drop, you know, 20, 30 points or do, you know, 15, 20 times a game. Who knows? We don't We don't know the conversations. We know that when he's in the game, we're used to, we're used to seeing, we're used to seeing him play a certain way. And we definitely haven't had that. And I feel like what makes it difficult is that the body language isn't the same. Uh, even in his interviews that we've heard, you know, it's not the same Terrence Ross. The only real performance that we saw from Terrence Ross this season was that next game. And that that was it. That was just recorded. Um, so if you are going to pinpoint one area where it's kind of like, man, why why is it this way? You know what what is disappointing about the season so far? Hundred percent, hands down, it's got to be the vets. And I and I hold that, you know, solely on Terrence Ross and Gary Harris. Because even with Gary Harris, you know, he his time in the Nuggets. I know that early on in his career, um, the first couple seasons. He he was a great ball player, and there was a lot of there was a high ceiling for him. I feel like towards the end, before he got traded, kind of dwindled down. He lost a little minutes from it, but I thought you know coming to Orlando would have been a really good opportunity. I really expected Gary Harris to you know to be in that starting lineup. I thought that he was going to be a player that you know would have been able to kind of lead the team, and I know that you know he did have that injury, um, but I don't know, man. I definitely expected more from Gary, and definitely expect more from Terrence Ross. And it even adds more you know, fuel to the fire when we start talking about, you know, the NBA trade deadline um, not coming up soon. But still, you have thoughts of, OK, if it's not working out here, then we start having the conversations of, you know, where should these guys what could be in return um, if their value right now isn't, you know, impressing us, then is it going to impress other teams? You know, Terrence Ross has a reputation, like you know what he's there for. You know that he is he is a microwave, that he's gonna be able to come in and be able to contribute right away. We just haven't seen it this season. And does that bring down the value for when it is time to have those conversations with other teams? And that's my biggest concern, right? Like you 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 know Terrence Ross, unfortunately or fortunately, whatever you want to look at it as, it will not be in Orlando long term. Like it's either gonna be this season, if that but more than likely trade that line trade. But the way that he's playing right now, how can a team like, let's say, the Celtics or the Mavericks or whoever may be that wants him give you a solid offer? When you look at the stats, it's not being backed up right now. Nine points a game, less than 30% from three-point range. That's not Terrence Strauss that we've been getting, getting used to. Terrence Strauss has to average 14, 15 points a night and shoot it decently from three-point range. But it's not, even, it's not even that, man. I feel like you said, the body language, but also there's things like, He's not looking for his shot. Like he's coming off screen sometimes. So he has a potential shot there, a three-point shot. And he's instead taking a couple of dribbles inside the paint and forcing a pass to Mobamba, whatever it may be, and, and turning it over. Um, so that aggressiveness is not there. Terrence Ross in years past would catch that ball and, and shoot a three right away, defender there or not. So I don't know. Something's changed. And of course, like I said earlier, Gary Harris, same thing. Uh, the mentality is not there, the aggressiveness is not there. And to bring it up, I'll say it. We went to that um, event on Tuesday night with some Magic players. And I think I pointed out to you, I'm like, Gary Harris looked miserable out there. He didn't look like he wanted to be there. Everyone else was cracking jokes and laughing with the season ticket holders. And Gary Harris did not look the part. Did not seem like he fit with that group. Um, so like I said, it's it's a lot 
maybe going on in the locker room. He's thinking about his future. I don't know what's going on, but in my opinion, how you fix that is by playing well, showing up you're a great player. And I guarantee you, if you're not happy in Orlando, the Magic will trade you to the right destination. But you gotta you gotta give them a reason to. It cannot just be otherwise. Yeah, and then me personally, and I'm sure people won't agree with it, but you know, I, I kind of already have the mindset where I really don't want anything back in return for Terrence Ross. Like when it comes to the NBA trade deadline and you start having those conversations with these teams, like I feel like and someone had pointed out on Twitter, I want to say it was maybe the Lando, I wasn't hundred percent sure. One of them. Um when it when it came to Terrence Ross, like last season, you know, every like we were we were talking about you know, Terrence Ross, this dude deserves a lifetime contract. Like every he was high on everyone's list. He's definitely a fan favorite. This season is the complete opposite. And it's it's changed. He's not playing with Vooch. He's not playing with Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon. He's not playing with a veteran group. He's not playing with, you know, Clifford, who's really was able to maximize, you know, Terrence Ross's talents. And I just feel like I feel I feel bad for this situation. Like I, I feel like Terrence Ross has no business being on our team. That he should deserve he deserves to go play for a team where he's able to to contribute and, and to be able to make that team better. So if it was me, you know, when it when it comes to that time, you know, Terrence Ross pick three teams that you want to go to and and have the magic, you know, try to make the best deal possible with those teams. And that 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 dude deserves to be on on a team and and I hope that the men take the opportunity to be able to show that, you know, take care of players because it's, it's not their fault that we traded 90% of our veterans. So that's my outlook on it. The NBA is back in a DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. The key to victory is a strong starting five. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. So why not make your roster Orlando, 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 and um, oh yeah, Orlando. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skin in the game with the new same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now using promo code TBPN, bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager required. One per customer, restriction supply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, um, so this past game against Brooklyn, Wendell Carter leaves a game. He had an eye abrasion. Um, ended up leaving when was that? I believe it was a third quarter. So now Wendell Carter's no longer, uh, he may be out and you know how the magic goes. They don't like giving timetables for return. So we don't know if it's going to be one game, five games, half a year. We don't, we don't know how long Wendell's going to be out for. Um, in my mind, he's going to end up, you know, coming back in a couple games with, um, Horace Grand goggles, but let's say that Wendell Carter doesn't return for a little bit. What is the outlook looking like? What do you well, do? I think what do you do with the I starting think, lineup? What do you do with the rotation? I think that the thing you do is you slide Chuma into the, the power forward position, Mobamba to the five, and you kind of let that ride. Um, my concern with that lineup is rebounding. We we've been kind of struggling a little bit as it is with rebounding. Um, Chuma, it's not too bad. He he boxes out pretty well, but you know, Mobamba unfortunately has a history of, of not boxing out properly and, and not really going for rebounds. Um, and I tweeted it earlier today. I think it's a really, really big opportunity for Mo Bamba to step up. Um, if Wendell misses any games, Wendell may be fine and play Saturday and we're good to go. But if he is out for, let's say, one game, two games, most, most got to show something, not only to the Magic, but to the NBA, because it's a perfect opportunity. You're not going to play guaranteed 30 minutes a night. You're the only center, really, that deserves to be in the starting lineup. How do you react to that? 
how do you come out and show your worth? We talked about it earlier. We're debating, does he belong in the top eight in the Magic in a hypothetical uh, expansion draft? We think he does. He has a potential. So I think if you're Mo Bamba, you're excited about this chance, and you got to go out there and show that, you, that you're worth it. And now for Chuma, it's a good time to say, hey, I was a starter last season. I know I was hurt, but I'm back. And you got to give a reason to coach mostly to play you more minutes, to play you in the starting lineup if that's where you belong. So I think it's a good it's a good chance for both of these guys to show that they're hungry, that they want it, and to, again, take advantage of the opportunity, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, next man up. So, you know, Chumo Kiki at that four spot definitely makes the most sense. It's where he's comfortable. It's an easy transition. And then you got Mo Wagner that is going to definitely be um, playing way more um, in upscaling minutes. I would imagine Rolo will see. He will see a, a few more minutes as well. Um, and I think it makes sense. So definitely an easy transition. Now, the Magic have gotten a little recognition right now, currently, statistically, the Orlando Magic starting five has been the best five-man lineup in the NBA so far this season. Does that surprise you? That's surreal to me. <laughs> Crazy, right? Number one in the whole entire NBA. We're talking about Cole. We're talking about Suggs. talking about Franz, Wendell, Mo Bamba. The best starting what? five in the NBA. What does that say, though? Does that really say they're that great? Or let's be honest. Let's say on our bench on so average, bad. on average, when those five are on the court together, they're beating their opponents by 18 points on average. Which is crazy. But this is my thing. Is it because the bench just blows every single lead that they that they get? They come back and take the lead back up again. So is it because the bench is so bad that they are looking this great? Or is it realistically that they look that great? What, what do you think? Like, do they really play that well and they're really that solid as a starting five or as a five-man lineup? Or do you think it's the bench's fault that they look so great? I, I don't think that it's it's the bench's fault that they look so great. I, I think that, you know, it's it's a lineup that works. It, listen, I think, if anything, they need to play more minutes with those five on the court. And I know that that's hard. I know that that's challenging. But I think it's a good balance. I think that, you know, having Wendell and Mobamba on the court together, I think it surprised a lot of people. I think that, you know, people weren't weren't looking at that. You know, did Clifford did Clifford play them together at all last season? Like towards the end? At all. Maybe a couple of minutes, he, but maybe. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that definitely give credit to most because he hasn't changed his starting lineup. With Wendell being out, this is going to be his first starting. Um, starting five change um, of the season. We're 12 games in, and he's definitely kept the the continuity in that starting lineup. And I think that for for these players to kind of know what to expect going into the game, I think that that's important. And I think that, you know, we've we've definitely have been able to see the most out of that group. And, you know, it's, it's a good sign. It's a good sign. Like, this could easily – listen, it's only 12 games. That's it. This could easily change a week from now. It can change oh, two yeah. weeks from now. It could stay the exact same way the whole entire season. But the part that makes it a little challenging is that, you know, the record doesn't reflect it. You know, we're we're three and nine. Honestly, if we're speaking honestly, the fact that we're three and nine is way better than I predicted. So I consider that a win. Yep. Um, <laughs> but they're there. The magic. Listen, when you say when you're watching the game, we know that this year is going to be a development year. But we're watching this game and watching these games, and we they're fun to watch. Like, I know Brooklyn game was a little tough, but that Utah game was exciting, and people mm -hmm. were talking about the magic. And I think that, you know, it, it, at the very least, that's something that you can hang your hat on, that the team is fun to watch. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, these these five players, that they're they're kind of, you know, carrying that load for the team. Yeah, and I think it's only going to get better, right? So the issue with the Magic right now is the depth. Like, they're not really deep right now because, again, five rotation guys are out right now. So how do you how do you make up for that? You got to play Mo Wagner when somebody gets in foul trouble instead of J.I. getting more minutes. Um, Cole struggling tonight. Guess what? We got to play sucks, even though he's struggling tonight. Like, it, there's not really, that's not really an answer to when we face any adversity out there. So I think, again, we keep saying this, once player returns from injury, I think you will see so much more uh, potential out of the team and better play overall because now Kobe getting foul trouble, let's say, hey, 
Markel can play now 30 minutes a night. Oh, that didn't work out. Hey, you can play uh, and plug in um, uh, MCW at the back of point guard if you need to. Like, again, that depth is not there at the moment. So um, it's impressive what they've done. The record doesn't reflect it. But again, I will give credit, major credit to our head coach, Coach Mosley, because like you said, to not change the lineup despite getting Gary Harris back from injury, which we all expected him to be a starter. Now, yeah, he's still off the bench. Chuma came back from injury. He's still off the bench. So he's writing it out. He's really trusting this, this starting lineup, and, and I'd like to see that. Um, but like you said also, let's see how long that lasts. Because again, that could change in a few weeks. Man, I'm sure these players, uh, the players right now that you know we have on the court, they're all just like, man, just wait on it. If we're if we're able to do this damage without Jonathan, without Markel, just wait on it. Wait until we're able to get these guys back. Wait until we're able to get this reinforcement. Then people are going to be in trouble because we take a look at the East, and dude, the the East doesn't scare me, man. It really doesn't. Like. We're we're talking about the Knicks. We're talking about the paper, the Pacers, Miami, maybe Brooklyn, but Brooklyn's not even the same Brooklyn. Like James Harden ain't the same James Harden. Like the only person that you're really worried about is Kevin Durant. Now, granted, you know, we we got stomped by the Nets. I get it. 123 to 90. I get it. But I I don't I don't know, man. Like I, I still think we have this conversation before. Like, can this team be a playing team? And you really don't know the type of team that you're going to have once these guys return. And I know that in the beginning, it might be a little bit of an adjustment. But again, everything's going to be so much more balanced. Second unit is going to be solid, super solid. And I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun for sure. Oh, yeah. Now, Bleacher Report, um, they they have their own NBA um, rookie ladder. And right now, they currently list Franz Wagner as a third-best rookie. Third-best. What are your thoughts on that? And then they also have, what was it, Jalen Suggs at 10? Yep. So when you take when you take a look at that, so, excuse me, NBA rookie ladder now has Suggs at 10, and then they have Franz Wagner dropping to four. But Bleacher Report has Franz at three. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's accurate. I mean, the only two names that come to mind that have been better in France, realistically speaking, right now, um, I think of Mobley as one, and I think of Barnes as the other guy. Um, but other than that, even Duarte, the kid from Indiana, he's playing really well. The record's not that great, so I think you can really say it's up to you at that point. Is, is France worth the third, the third slot or, or France? I'm not sure. But I think if if you tell me, I think it's accurate. I mean, I wish the Suggs again was playing a little bit better. He was up there, top six, maybe top five. Unfortunately, he's not right now, but France for sure deserves to be there. And it's not only the stats. Again, don't, don't look at the numbers only. It's the impact he's having on the court for the Magic. And the numbers don't look bad either. But this kid is playing really, really well for the Orlando Magic at the moment. And the league is on notice, which is great to see that they're, they're noticing the deflections, the steals per game, um, all the little things that make an impact. Um, so I don't disagree with the list, and I completely agree. I think he is definitely a top three, four rookie so far. Dude, this this man had six steals against Brooklyn. Yep. Six. You know how hard it is to get two steals in a game? Three, four, five. This dude six. had six. When you talk about a player that is literally all around, like this dude, what what can't he do? He can put the ball on the floor. He's six foot ten. He can shoot from the arc. And you know, play really good defense. He has really quick lateral legs. Like this dude can do everything. And he has like this athleticism out of nowhere that I was, I was surprised with personally. Dude, like he's, this, he's, he's worth one or two good dunks a night. Who would have thought that? I like, I, I wonder like me personally, I wonder what was going through his head, like in summer league. Like I, I people, people said it back then that he's not a summer league type of player. Like he has to be like in the actual game where it's like the games count. But I wonder what was like going through his head. Like, man, I, I hate summer league. Wait until I get into the actual real game. Wait until these people really know who I am. Cause nobody was nobody was expecting Franz Wagner. Ah man, everyone was disappointed with that pick. And they said in the beginning, they said in the beginning, yeah. they said that Franz Wagner was going to be a fan favorite. And it took all of what, two, 
three games. That's if all that, it took. <laughs> that's all it took. Insane. Insane. Um, I, I think that at the end of it, I think that Franz Wagner for sure will be in the discussion of rookie of the year. I don't think he'll win it. I think that Evan Mobley is playing crazy basketball right now, and he's on a team where they need him to play crazy basketball right now. Yep. Um, I think that he would definitely get it. Um, I'm surprised to see Jalen Green fall, and he hasn't been playing great basketball. Um, but I, I think that Franz would definitely definitely be up there. Minimum top three. Minimum top three. You know what's funny? For sure. You know what's funny, though? Coming into the, the NBA draft 2021, all the talk was about the guard play, right? Jalen Suck, Jalen yep. Green, Cade. And yet, you look at, at least up to today, almost a month into the season, it's the forwards that are shining. So you got, again, Mobley, Barnes, Franz as a top three players right now. So it's funny how that kind of turned out. Uh, it kind of flipped. Now, also makes me feel better about Jalen Suggs. The fact that Jalen Green is struggling, Kate is struggling. They played well last night face-to-face against each other. But when you look at the stats, they're shooting horribly from the field. They are getting 20 points, 18 points. But how they're doing it is taking 20 shots a night. Like, it's not like they're getting it efficiently. Um, so it makes me feel better about Suggs. Re- again, like I've been saying too, Cole went through it last year. It's going to take some time for these guards to figure out the NBA game, the pace, and how to how to get it open and how to how to make open shots because they're rushing it right now. And I think that's the issue with Jalen Suggs. You can see it in the games. He's wide open, but he's kind of rushing his shots instead of just settling into it, following through. Um, but again, it just makes you feel better knowing that hey, our guard, our guard, our, our rookie that we will have so much hype for, is struggling equally like the other guards that we wanted so bad. If we were top three in the draft. Yeah, 12 games in, still not worried about Suggs. He's going to be all right. So nobody writing him off just yet. All right, we're going to get into our pass and shoot. So the biggest topic that we've been kind of seeing across, especially after that that Utah game, is Cole Anthony being drafted number 15. Again, this was a player that was, I think, number two or three in the nation coming out of high school, had a really big injury in North Carolina, and he really fell down. Um, you know, the the mock drafts really fell down. I mean, I remember in the beginning of the college season, like people were looking at Cole Anthony being number one, number two to go in the draft. And he was definitely that one player that fell. Now, Al, my question to you is, if you were to redraft the 2020 draft Cole, uh, draft um, picks, would Cole go top five, pass or shoot? I'm shooting on that all day long. If I were an NBA GM today, the only two names that I would consider drafting before him from the same draft class, Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball. That's about it. Everyone else in that list, I wouldn't pick over Cole Anthony. Why would I? And I'm not only saying it. I mean, I'm, I'm basing it 100% just on the fact how they've played so far up to this point in, the NBA, in their NBA careers. Um, so I'm going to shoot on that. Again, I would draft him third if that was my third. pick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so just to kind of give everyone a, a fresh reminder, <clears throat> Anthony Edwards, one, James Wiseman, two, LaMelo. It was Patrick Williams, Isaac Okoro. It was Akangwu, Killian Hayes, Obi Toppin, Denny, Jalen Smith, Devin, uh, Devin Vassell, Tyrese Hallenburn, Kyra, Aaron, and then Cole Anthony. So when I take a look at that list, we know that it's going to be it may it may still be Anthony Edwards, but I think I think Lamelo might go one, but I would definitely put Anthony then Lamelo, and then it may be Halliburton, maybe. So I think that the lowest that Cole would fall, I would say four, the lowest, if we're going back in time. How about Wiseman? You you wouldn't pick him? I don't I don't know, man, because he's he struggles so much with injuries. That you really, they're still trying to figure out what they have with James Wiseman. I mean, they're right now going to state. They're expecting that the minute they get Clay and and James Wiseman back, they're they're title contenders. Shit, they yeah. think they're title they're title contenders now. Oh yeah, they're looking like it for sure. Yeah, I know that puts a smile on your face. <laughs> oh yeah, but hey, you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy is that I'm looking I'm looking at this draft class, and this was a really decent draft. Like people were saying that this was supposed to be a weak draft, and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of players that even late into the draft, you got Tyrese Maxey that went 21, R.J. Hampton 24, 
Malachi Flynn, 29. Desmond Bain, 30. They had a, a lot, lot of players in this draft. Role players, like a lot of good role players. Yeah, potential. yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But I'll tell yeah, you yeah. what, you mentioned uh, one name that I, I consider putting him above Cole Anthony was um, Tyrese Halliburton. I'm like, does he deserve to go above Cole Anthony? Well, I'm looking at the stats right now. So far, last year and this year, 13 points a game, three rebounds, five assists. Not for nothing, man. Cole Anthony either comes close or has outplayed him this season for sure. So based on that, I'll, I'll, I'll go with Cole first. I'll, yeah. I'll draft him first. Still, still don't understand how this man did not make all rookie team. First or hey, second. It's all like good. How? How? It lit that fire in him, and we're seeing what happened when, when you uh, doubt this kid. Insane. Insane. All right, jumping into the next one. So Franz had six steals against Brooklyn, and he currently leads um, all rookies in deflections per game. Will, Fran will Franz be known to be one of the best defenders in the league? Is he someone that you see eventually being all-NBA defense? Can you see that? I'm going to shoot. I mean, we've seen very little so far, only 12 games in, but I'm going to shoot based on potential, based on what he's showing me as a rookie that he can hang with Kevin Durant, out of all people. He doesn't, again, he can hang in there with guys that are stronger than him. We saw him handle uh, Randall from the Knicks and, and instead he stood his ground against him. Um, we see him guard small players and, and keep up with them speed-wise. So I think the potential is there. The deflections, the steals, it's all about reaction. He, he has that. He has the length. He has good timings for shot blocking. And he's known as a good defender out of college. So I think the potential is there. Um, so when you talk about J.I., Chuma being great defenders, Aaron Gordon when he was here, this kid has the same instincts, the same uh, things that you look for in a great defender. So I'm going to shoot on that, and I think that it's, it's realistic. I think it's realistic. Um, you know, Jonathan Isaac was really known to be a also an elite deflector. Um, I don't know if you'll be at I don't know if you'll be all NBA defense, but I, I think that he has the right body, has the right weight, has the right height, has the right speed to where he's gonna cause havoc to be able to guard, you know, those those really wing players. Your LeBons, your Durant's. I, I think that, you know, every team needs that that one player that can really take on that challenge. And I think that Franz is definitely that guy. And just to think of, you know, Franz and Jonathan Isaac together on the same team, like playing on the court. In and unison. I keep, and I know Mo, when those, are, yo, it's I know when be, those are great defender, but if you throw Mo Bamba in there, man, the length is just ridiculous. Like j just to kind of put it in perspective, like this was the main reason why Nuggets traded for Aaron Gordon. They needed to be they they wanted to have that one guy that they can put on Giannis on Antetokounmpo. They want to be able to have that one guy that can really handle that, you know that that positionary defense. And I think that between Isaac and and Franz, like dude, take your pick. Like who? That's 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 what makes it so exciting. Is Franz is big enough. And mind you, he's only twenty years old. Crazy. Franz is big <laughs> enough to where you can you can switch him to play defense on threes, fours, and fives, and he's quick enough to even play defense on the twos. Yep. Like when you go against the 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 Bucks, like who who has that kind? Of, like you want you want to switch? Go ahead and switch. Like imagine you you get you have Jonathan Isaac and Franz. Someone puts a pick on Jonathan Isaac, but now you have Franz defending you. Like I, I think that, and we may be putting too much on the rookie, but I, I think that gonna it's gonna be to watch on the defensive end. I think that it's gonna cause a lot of havoc for the other team. It's definitely gonna be fun. Oh yeah. All right, now R.J. Hampton on a recent podcast on the Certified Bookers podcast um, said that, and I quote: "We want to be one of those teams that." within one year or two years, make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And he listed the Hawks and Suns as examples of teams that have recently done this. Do you think that this is a realistic viewpoint on where the team is now? I think it's the beginning of it. Um, so I'm going to pass quickly, just because I think it's realistic to look at 
the foundation. Like we're, we're building something, right? That foundation is being established right now. The young guys that we have are good. The potential's there. I don't know about two years, though. I think it's a little bit, uh, or one, I think it's a little bit too much. But I can definitely say the team will be in the playoffs, I really think, as early as next season. And I know people have called me crazy, but I think if you to have do, a healthy Markel, just make the playoffs next season. Okay. The Eastern Conference Finals, I think we're a little bit more ways to go on that. But I like the goal. I like the mindset that he has. I like the, the fact that he's thinking that way. As a young guy, 20 years old, coming off the bench right now, and that's the mindset that he has. But the teams that he listed have done this. You know, the Hawks, the Suns, they were okay teams. They went through struggling times like we're going through right now. But they drafted a one or two guys that took him to the next level. And all of a sudden, a disgruntled star wanted to go there. And, and, and all of a sudden, they took off. Orlando has cap space. They have cap space this summer. They have money to spend. They don't have bad contracts. They have a ton of picks. We have the makings of a team that can put together a nice package and get a disgruntled star in Orlando. And all of a sudden, hey, people know who J.I. is. People know who Cole Anthony is now nationwide. And the magic become a thing. So I think it's realistic. I don't know about again next year or two years from now, but it, it can definitely happen. But in that time frame, I'm going to pass. Yeah, I think that before we start talking about Eastern Conference Finals, we we got to make the playoffs first. At least the play-in. At least the play-in. I think it's too early to talk about that, but you know, kudos to RJ Hampton for you know being fearless enough to be able to say that. You know, you want you want your players to have that type of confidence. What what else is he supposed to say? True. What do we want to hear? Oh, my my take us a couple. No, we don't want to hear none of that. You know, the fact that he says in in his mind he thinks that you know we're going to be able to make it deep into the playoffs soon, sooner rather than later. You know, Alex Martins was saying you know by twenty thirty. Chill. You know, we're about we're, we're about to, we're about to hit twenty twenty two, man. I don't want to wait another eight years. No, <clears throat> I'll be forty by then. No, I don't want that. <laughs> by by that point, you know, all these players are are super vets. You know, we're yeah. we're not trying to we're we're trying to win with this group that we have now. And I and I think that you're right. I think that right now it's it's the beginning, it's the making. You know, once we get the healthy roster. And we start really playing the the type of basketball that I think that we can play. <clears throat> in free agency, they start looking at, man, what what would this team look like if they had me? And I think exactly. that one of the best sales pitch that you can have is in the playoffs. So that's why I, I really like. I, I get that there's a lot of people saying that, man, these losses are great. You know, we we need to start looking in the draft to be what add more pieces. I get that. In a perfect world, you know, we really lucked out this NBA draft and we really lucked out. And I remember us like watching the lottery and we weren't happy after that lottery. Oh. Um, so we, we can't just put all our chips in, in the lottery. We need to put all our chips in development and really hope that these players can really carry the load and, and be what they think they can be, which I, I, I agree. I think that, you know, our team is young enough and have a high enough ceiling to where we're talking about the Eastern Conference Finals, it's not far-fetched. <clears throat> I think it's far-fetched thinking in the next two years, but sometime within the next five, why not? These teams are getting older. Kevin Durant is in his, what, mid-30s? Yeah. James Harden is is struggling to score 18 points with now the, the new rule change of, of you know, the, the fouls, the shooting fouls. Um. I don't know, man. I, I think that it's not it's not crazy to think. I just think it's crazy to think right now. But you know, ultimately, I don't think it's crazy to think. I think this group has what it takes, and and who knows what changes can be made to kind of accelerate that process. I think that the only way that happens again is is if you again, like I said earlier, if you land that free agent, all of a sudden you were not expecting to land. Boom, it comes to Orlando, things change. If you make a trade that you're not expecting, then that changes the whole dynamic of what we're doing. But like I said, the foundation is solid. The entire locker room is talking about playoffs this season. They're talking about big goals. Cole Anthony, Markel Falls, J.I. You like that in the young guys. I don't, maybe, maybe I forgot it, but I don't recall our last rebuilding team when we had like Peyton, Gordon coming out rookie season talking about the playoffs and to, coming out saying like that's our goal right now. And that, that's what I like about this team. Like they're, they understand they're young, but they have that vision that, hey, we want to win. 
um, last season, we were all about tanking. They're like, no, we don't want to tank. We want to win. So, like, I love the fact that they have that drive in them. Um, and to your point on the lottery, I'm done with that game. I suffered too much last year. Listen, I want to win every game this season. And let's let, it, let the lottery play out in May of next year. We'll deal with that later. But uh, as we saw, having the best odds or whatever it may be does not mean anything. So if we end up with the sixth worst record, we may jump to number one. It is what it is. <laughs> Facts. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, let, let's jump into the week ahead. So this time I'm going to I'm gonna put a little spin to it, Al. Um, if you haven't known, sports betting in the state of Florida is now legal. Al and I, we've, we've done our share. Um, sets donations. Of, of betting <laughs> do, donations because it hasn't really been betting because I've been losing everything. I think I'm like $200 in the hole. Don't tell my wife. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> but when we take a look at this week ahead, so Saturday we got the Wizards, Monday, Atlanta, Wednesday, and New York. Al, if you, if you were to bet $200, and I would imagine, because we, we can't see it yet, but I would imagine that Vegas has you know, the, the odds the where you can make the most money if the Magic win, where would you put your $200? Where would you bet your money that the Magic would steal a win? Oh, that's a good question. I have two games in mind that I like, uh, but I would go with Monday at Atlanta. Really? I think the Magic can upset the, the, the Hawks in Atlanta. Young team, we can keep up with them. We have good length guarding uh, Trey Young, guarding their, their wing players. Uh, and some big guys that can hang with with Collins and Capella. So I think that's one game that if our shots are going in, that's the biggest thing for us. If our shots go in, we have a chance. If they don't like last night, it's going to be horrible. So if we can be uh, at our best in Atlanta shooting the ball, we can steal that game. So that's where I would throw it. How about you? Yep. So um, before I made my bet, I would need to get one one fact confirmed. Is Cole Anthony's mom going to sit in Spike Lee's seat <laughs> in New York? Because if she Damn, is, if she is, then I'm putting my money on Wednesday's game in New York. I Damn, think that that, one. yeah, I think that that game you have to circle it because after the Magic beat the Knicks, there was a report that came out stating that you know Julius Randle felt internally sick. He felt ill. He didn't feel well. He had a, he had a, a tummy ache. I think that they have the magic circled and I think that they're in their minds they're going to be prepared and they want to they want to they want to they want to whoop our ass man I, I, there's no way because we went in there we smacked them in the face in their home base and they're supposed to be this really really good basketball team and they played really well this season so far they have but I think that we live rent free in their heads right now and I think that we have a really good opportunity to go back in there and and show them that it wasn't just a one-time fluke. That you know, Madison Square Garden is uh, is Cole's house. So I would put my two hundred on on Wednesday's game in New York. Listen, that does I, you got me there. I did not think of that. If Cole's mom is there, it's a whole different dynamic to that game. If Cole, but, listen, if Cole's damn. mom is at that game, sitting in Spike Lee's seat. I swear to you, I will. I will put at least a hundred bucks. I think I'm gonna join you on that. It, it, remind me on Friday. It's a game Friday, right? Remind me on that. And I'll, Wednesday. We have to make it fun. Wednesday. Wednesday. We're gonna have to make it fun if that happens. All right. Sounds good, man. All right. So let's wrap this up. Final thoughts. Final thoughts for the week. Uh, I, can, I think I've said this before, but I'm, I'm gonna continue. Just stay healthy, man. I know Wendell's had a major injury, but just stay healthy. I'm having a blast watching this team play right now, even though. Most of the games are not turning out in our favor. Most games go interesting to the fourth quarter. They come down to the last few minutes. And again, the young guys are playing really well. So I want to continue that. I want to see our guys continue to develop. That's what this year is all about. So stay healthy. Keep fighting. That's all I can ask for. Yep. And with Wendell out, I really am interested to see, you know, Mo take advantage of the opportunity. Um, we, we talk about this year being a contract year. We talk about him having a brand new mindset, working in a different system. This is the opportunity for you to be able to, to outshine. And as we edge closer and closer to uh, the return of Jonathan Isaac, whether that be in the next month, whether that be in the beginning of next year, <clears throat> next year in January, <laughs> next, um, <laughs> next year. <laughs> this, is, this is, to me, in my eyes, this is tryouts. Like, who, who's going to get that starting spot? Yep. Right now, I would put Wendell at that starting five. 
this is your opportunity to be able to outshine. I'm, I'm going to throw one more thing at you. Now that you mentioned uh, next year and J.I., back to betting again. J.I. comes back before Christmas. Are you betting on that or are you saying I, that he goes man, I, after I, Christmas? I, I feel like we've had this conversation before and it's not changing. I have. <laughs> it's going to be after the break. It's going to be Jeez. after the holidays for sure. God. I keep January, hoping that, that you change your answer. <laughs> January. Wouldn't be surprised if it's February. God. I don't know, man. I'm still mind blown that there's really a possibility that Clay Thompson is going to come back before them. I think Mark. And we, listen, we I don't even we know went, anymore. We went to the season ticket holder event over at the 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 Magic Hangar, and they had all the players come out, and questions were being asked to them. Jonathan Isaac looked fine. Jonathan Isaac went up the stairs, down the stairs, <laughs> perfectly fine. No assistance, no limb, no nothing. He looked like he was ready to go. No comment. <laughs> no comment. All right, man. That's a rad. Thank you guys for listening. Till next week. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Ozone Pod. And remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.